Welcome to Potter Familius, coming to you from Fairhope, Alabama. I'm Todd Sylvester. And I'm Stefan Sylvester. I would love if you at Walmart could get explosives. What? Like actual like C4. Or... Oh, no. No, 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 no. Do you know what kind of people shop at Walmart? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Do you know what other kind of people shop at Walmart? Are you sure? The other okay. people that are on the Hold other on a second. Wait, 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 wait. You're saying that well, you want... Well, I guess you have to do a background check, just like anything else. Just like if they're buying a gun. But do you know how dangerous that would be? Yeah, but you know how cool it would be for things like when I was demoing our old deck behind the house, because we're putting an addition on there, how easy it would have been to just blow it up? No, you would have blown up the house, too. Well, we're doing the renovation. Oh, my gosh. It's like, <laughs> so we're, the deck is gone, and so is half the house. The deck is Gone. The whole back wall. And I, even with gloves on, have blisters on my hands. Ooh, that's no fun. Well, the main blisters were because your dad is cheap or frugal. Mm. That's a better word. That's an interesting your way of putting that. Your dad is frugal mm, okay. and lumber is really expensive. Yeah. So rather than buying new form boards, mm -hmm. I was reusing all the two by sixes underneath the deck, but... They had a gazillion nails. I saw. It was like a thousand and, um, nails per yes, board. It yes. was, And I don't think that's an exaggeration. And I, but I, I pulled them all out. I so. wanted to tell you that when I played music for the retreat on Sunday, yeah. uh, after helping move that hot tub with everybody else. I'm sorry. No, no, no. It's okay. It was just funny. I was like trying to make the chords and I was like, come on, fingers. <laughs> just move the way you normally move. And... Because I used a muscle that I normally never use because my hands were like, my arms were straight down and that my hands were out at a right angle like this. So heavy. And boy, I'll tell you what, I was still feeling not just soreness, but almost like as if my forearm muscles were tied in knots up here as I was falling asleep. That I was, was falling asleep like crazy ow, heavy. Ow. Yeah. Crazy heavy. Yeah. The first time we tried to lift it and we couldn't get it off the ground, I looked at our, our buddy Alan and we both without saying a word, we're like, yeah, we don't think this is happening. Our facial expressions, we're like, yeah. <laughs> you got to believe. I you just got to believe. Yeah, you can say you got to believe, but you still have to be able to do it. No, you just believe. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> <laughs> All right. This is going to be an interesting topic today. Oh, yeah? What makes you say that? Well, because people are going to kind of freak out over it. Oh, yeah? It's coming at them. It's okay. coming at them right now. It's the main thing. Years ago, I was talking to this guy, and we were—I would—I don't know—we were—we were—we were more than acquaintances, not really close friends, wherever that puts us. Okay, on the spectrum. But he was getting in my face mm. because I was getting all riled up about something. He goes, "Yeah, don't don't you don't you just hate him?" And the words just kind of stung me. Yeah, because I went. No, no, I, I don't hate him. I was like, yeah, come on, Todd. You know, I know you're Christian, but you can admit it to me. And I'm like, no, I'm, I'm being forthright. I'm being completely transparent. I don't hate him. I really dislike him. And I can probably go so far as to say I hate what he did slash said. Okay. But I don't hate him. Does that make sense? It does. And it, he never let it go. 
like afterwards, he's like, you're, you're an idiot, you know, or you're a liar or something like that. And you went so far as to say. Interesting. And it, the reason why I bring that up is it replays. Now, this happened before I was even married to your mom. So over 30 years ago. Yeah. And it still replays in, in my head at times. Because there are times when I get in contact with people who incense me. Yeah. And they because of things that they've done directly either to me or especially to my loved ones or you'll read a news story you know they just busted a whole bunch of people that were doing all this human trafficking i saw and it was just beautiful to think that these kids were getting rescued and and going home and and but the photographs of the adults that were involved in this mm. i mean i looked at it and i was just like oh my gosh i'm so glad i'm not there because i really want to punch these people yeah mm. this is a this is a heavy topic yeah sorry no sorry. it's okay i'm just i'm thinking um because you're right about that word being a really strong word i'm trying to think if anybody has ever accused me of hating someone or asked me if i hated someone and i can't remember anything anything specific per se um but I definitely think that at some point in my adult life, I sort of had this, I came to the realization that the things I believe with regards to my faith and the way that I perceive other human beings, no matter how I feel about them, it would be inconsistent with the things I believe for me to ever say I hate someone. Now, I may have you know, felt very strong feelings of dislike. I may have even gone so far as to, in my head, wish harm on other people, which I was then sorry for and had to repent of afterwards. But I don't think that I've ever consciously actively made a logical decision to say like, yeah, I hate that person because I understand what the word means. Right. And maybe for those people that use the word, they're just loosely defining it. Maybe they they don't feel as strongly. I used to use the word all the time. Yeah. And my sister can probably tell you, you know, um, but she not, not directed at her, but whenever we would talk, I would say, ah, I hate that person. Oh, I hate that guy. Or, oh, I hate this. And I would use the word quite a bit. And I'm trying to remember if there was a point at which I stopped using it, but um, I don't know if there was for me, but I remember having a profound effect on a class that I was teaching one time. I was at the, uh, the Catholic middle school here and I was, like a year removed from seminary. So still didn't really know anything about anything. And I was trying to teach a class full of middle schoolers about Jesus. So you can imagine. That sounds that. awesome. It was fun, but boy, I was not a good teacher. <laughs> At least in terms of like keeping track of everything you need to as a teacher. Right. I was a fun teacher. Right. The kids thought I was awesome and the administration did not. <laughs> uh, but, but I distinctly remember there was one class and I think it was my first eighth grade class that I ever had. And we were talking about the difference between venial and mortal sins, right. which if you're not Catholic, basically there's classifications of different moral wrongs that you can do if you're Catholic. And if you understand the difference between the two of them, then it has to do with how much you know and how responsible you are. And we were getting into the details, kind of getting into the weeds a little bit because right. the kids had questions about specific examples where they were saying, if I did this and I knew this, would that be a mortal sin? Or if I did this, would I, would I technically be covered? Like it wouldn't be mortal. It would just be venial. And we were getting into the details about this. And there was one kid in the class who was like, yeah, you know, if you commit a mortal sin, then you automatically go to hell. Ooh, ouch. And, I, Ouch. and I turned to him and I was like, are you sure? 
you sure about that? You sure that's what you want to go with? And then he kind of was like, uh, well, you said that. I'm just repeating what you said. And I was like, nope, no, I definitely have not said that. I have never said that because that's wrong. That is incorrect, sir. And we got into this big discussion about how do we know if somebody has been condemned to hell or whatever? What does the church teach about that? It teaches, by the way, that officially the only person that has ever been declared to be in hell officially would be the devil, right? Right. And according to what we know about somebody's life, you can look at them and say, well, they were a pretty bad person, but you can't judge them and say that person for sure knew what they were doing, they took full responsibility, and they are definitely eternally damned. Right. It's like, we we don't say that. Right. No, and no Catholic who understands their theology should say that, right? Now, that kind of gets, you know, people in the South especially, that, that gets them pretty upset. And this kid in class was freaking out when I told him this. And he looked at me and was like, what about Osama bin Laden? Because he was old enough to remember when the 9-11 attacks happened. Yeah. yeah. And I kind of paused, and I was like, ah. He's not going to like this. And I turned to him and I said, look, according to what we know, even somebody who committed such awful things as Osama bin Laden, we can't officially say is in hell or not. And, it even, and it even goes beyond that. Mm-hmm. Because this all came about because just recently, and, and you know about this, we, we had a, a funeral for a, a dear loved one, a yeah. family friend who we kind of adopted. She kind of adopted us. So... We called her Nana, even though she wasn't a blood relative. Yes. And some of her relatives showed up at the funeral and basically just railroaded the whole thing. Yeah. And took over and said, we're going to do the readings and we don't want you talking. And and then, you know, your sister was supposed to do music and then she ended up not doing music. And I was furious. I mean, I was literally furious because... People don't realize that the funeral is not for us. The funeral is for that that person, the loved right. one who's deceased, mm-hmm. and you want to utterly respect their wishes to the best of your ability. And I, I could have told you because I knew her so well that she probably really didn't even want her sisters there, you know, mm-hmm. type thing. And I was so mad. And everyone could tell because when I get mad, I get quiet. I I try not to blow up. I try not to just blow my top and just start yelling and stuff. And I got really Mm -hmm. quiet and everybody was like, what's wrong? What's wrong? What's wrong? I said, well, I was really upset because so-and-so what they said and they kind of yelled at us and, and it was just very upsetting to me. And then one of them said, well, that's fine. You'll never have to see them again. And again, that was one of those moments where it played, it just zinged right into my heart. And I thought, yeah, but I'm supposed to desire to spend forever with them. That's hard. I know. I I know it's hard and I know it doesn't happen instantaneously. Hang hang on a second. So wait a minute. I'm not just saying like, it's hard, like, like, like a frivolous way of being like, Oh, that's a difficult thing. But if you just had the will, the strength of will, you could be a thing. It's like, which technically is true. But at the same time, I think that there's something to be said for like, okay. Work through this thought with me. Okay, come on. So, I think there are two different ways that you can approach a situation like that. On the one hand, you could say, look, you have the grace in that moment. You have God's will within you to be able to do the right thing and to love the people who are treating you horribly. You have that within you, so you have the responsibility to do it. On the one hand, that's how you can look at that situation. 
But on the other, if we recognize that in our imperfection, we're going to mess up, we're going to make mistakes, we're going to sin, everybody does it, then that could be also an opportunity where after the fact, if you realize, okay, I didn't handle that situation well, I didn't do what I was supposed to do, then that makes the learning experience more powerful. Right. And then you can do better next time. I'm, I'm getting less already, and it's only been a few days. Yeah. Mad at myself. I didn't say the things I thought. Yeah. And, my, and mom really pointed that out. She goes, I think it's great that you didn't blow up on him. And basically kick him out of the church and go, this is my house. Get out of here. Mm -hmm. But it's the fact that I wanted to do that. Yeah. That I didn't like. Mm -hmm. And I thought the things, I I thought about saying some really harsh things to them. Yeah. And so when it comes up to, is there anyone that you hate? I don't like feeling that way towards, Mm. towards someone, whether you want to define it as hate for me, it's strong, negative feelings. I don't like those. I, I, I want it so that the next time that comes, I'm just at a more peaceful place so that I'm not thinking those thoughts. I think I've got the will already and through the habit and the grace and all that kind of stuff, whatever you want to attribute it to that. I won't say those things out Mm -hmm. loud to those people. I'm not accustomed to it. That's why we have such a clean podcast because we're not accustomed to cussing. I mean, I just, I just don't. Yeah. So, but I don't want to think those things. Mm -hmm. I don't want to think them at all. Next time somebody like that gets into my face, I don't want to smirk and, 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 you know, make them upset. Yeah. But just blankly, just let them vent. It's kind of like when people honk at, at me because my truck is so slow. Right. I'm used to it. Yeah. I'm just used to that. In fact, I'll I'll pull into the breakdown lane and wave them on. Like, come on, buddy, because I'm not going to be able to go fast. I do that sometimes to make people feel bad. <laughs> See, but I don't I don't want to do those kinds of things. I'm I'm always so stupidly passive aggressive. I don't want to do it. Well, at least you can recognize it, you yeah. know? I mean, there's a lot of people who just kind of accept that as part of, you know, being mean to people who they think deserve it is just part of who they are, right. part of how they act in the world. And that's got its own problems and issues. But I think that for most of us, the best that we can hope for is, you know, doing exactly what you did, which is just passive acceptance. Yeah. And I think in a lot of ways, this is the other thing that I was going to mention too. I think that in a lot of ways... What we're called to do as Christians, when we say, turn the other cheek, just as Christ did, that's probably what he was talking about, Mm. right? It doesn't necessarily mean that you stuff down everything that you're feeling and you're like, no, feeling's bad. Like, don't do that. Don't feel that way. And you're almost telling yourself not to feel these things. It's like some part of our imperfect human nature is going to experience feelings that we don't like and that we know are wrong. But there's only so much that we can do to stop that from happening. Or at least I just want to lessen it. Yeah. I want to lessen it to, and I don't want to stuff them down. I don't want them to be there to be stuffed down. Yeah. Does that, you know what I'm saying? It does. And it, that's really hard because you have to look at every single person. You have to look past the outward attributes of every person, even the people that you really don't get along with, the people who are one-sided, life-sucking people. And you have to look past that yeah. and see somebody who is a son or daughter. Right. And that's tough. Well, I That's wrote, really hard. I wrote a song about it years ago. Mm-hmm. In fact, on my very first project, 
Which was a tape, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> That's how old I am. Awesome. But it, it basically referenced the fact that if we could see the hurting that was going on inside, mm-hmm. then we'd probably break down and cry. Yeah. Rather than getting mad at them, because I should have looked at these two women and thought, okay, they're just super wounded. Yeah. They're super wounded. And I don't know how much blame should be theirs. And it the, doesn't matter. In their lives. Exactly. It doesn't matter. Yeah. It's just the fact that I was sitting there just kind of brooding over it. And I, I should have not been doing that. Yeah. Should have not been doing that. Yeah, that's hard. I mean, I've had my own experiences with nurturing strong dislike of a person. Maybe I would even put this so far as to say hatred. Nursing strong dislike of a person for perfectly justified reasons over a long period of time and slowly being able to get over it. And then even getting to a point where without reaching out to the person and trying to start up a conversation about it, just inwardly forgiving them, right? That was a big part of me going through the 12-step process was having to you know, go through these people that I was harboring these feelings toward and get to a point where I could see them as a person enough to be able to start to forgive them. I won't say that I forgave everybody because of course I'm still working on that. But everything that I felt, I could justify. I could go through all of the logical steps and say, well, they hurt this person who I love or they hurt me in this specific way. And so it's perfectly fine for me to feel these negative, angry feelings toward them. Mm -hmm. And of course, that's not right, right? And so the process of growth, I think here is, A, recognizing the things that you said that you recognize, and then B, being able to understand that that should be the driving force in helping you to see people as people and not as their actions. Because oftentimes, I think what happens is we only see the actions of people, and that means that it's much easier to see them as objects. We literally objectify people into just the bad things that they do. And I'm not justifying the bad things that they do at all. It's, it's wrong and it's horrible. Like those adults that you were talking about with that human trafficking thing, that's horrible. But I don't want them to be condemned forever, right? if possible. If it's possible for them to be seen as people as well, even the people who do gross, awful, terrible things that I cannot imagine. And if they had done that to anybody that I know, especially to my children, I'm with you. I wouldn't want to be in the room because I would try to kill them. Yeah. Which is, and, and it would take, I don't know, my whole life to work through it all. Years ago, I read an article in a Christian magazine about a man, it was out in, the, out in the West Coast, if I remember correctly, the details of it, and his wife was taken advantage of and murdered. And the guy, they were going for the death penalty, but the state, and I can't remember which state it was, somewhere up in the Northwest, had to reinstate the death penalty. And they were pushing to do that specifically for this guy because, I mean, he admitted to the crime. And the one person that was trying to fight it the most publicly was the woman's husband who said, listen, you, you should all know how I feel about this guy, but he doesn't deserve death. You, we cannot just systematically kill him because of all the people that I've ever encountered who need time for forgiveness. Mm-hmm. It's this person. Yeah. And I, Man, I, that is some I mean, big picture and, thinking. And, and people were talking to him like, are you kidding like, me? You have to be crazy. And he goes, listen, I don't want to go and hug the guy. 
Mm-hmm. In fact, don't put me in the same room with him. Because of the feelings that will right. up. I'm with right. you. But at the same time, it's like, I hope that in that same situation that I would be able to see the same big picture, which is, are you thinking about people's souls? Yeah. And are you thinking about the responsibility that we have when it comes to that? Now, I don't feel like I'm the savior of all the negative people that I meet, but at the same time, I I really need to think about my role in their life in in an eternal sense, not just in a temporal sense, right? Yeah. Because that's what we're supposed to do, right? Yeah. That's what sainthood is about. It's not just about doing the right thing all the time. It's about thinking about people in the right way. Well, that's going back to what I said, and you were like, "That, hang on, Dad, that's really hard, you know, because when they said, it is. you'll never have to see these people again, it's like, well, wait a minute. And it's still hard. I, I'm supposed to want to see them again. Well, yeah, but... In heaven but forever. My my point in saying that earlier was that I think there is some value in recognizing like, all right, I am where I'm at at this point in my life, to use a Southern phrase, I am where I am at this point in my life because through some mysterious thing that I don't understand, the will of God has acted in the world and upon my life specifically to bring me right here. And I'm so grateful for it. By the I know, way. and it's just it's wanna, great. I just want to throw that out there. But but <laughs> <laughs> thank you. I appreciate that. I love you too. But but because of that, it's like all right. I need to be able to take an honest look at my life and say, Am I allowing the things of this world and the decisions that people make in this world that ultimately don't matter too much when it comes to how they're affecting my salvation? Mm-hmm. How much am I allowing that to get in the way of living with that big picture mindset? Because I think that's honestly the only thing that's really keeping people from living like authentic Christians, right? Is that they don't have the big picture mindset. They really think that it's that important that they don't get cut off. And if somebody cuts them off in traffic, that they are like wishing death on that person. Which, by the way, I have done that before. I I feel terrible. (laughs) But... Dad? But they really no seriously death? no seriously like <laughs> I mean maybe a blowout maybe their tire going flat no death no. okay so uh, I, again I am embarrassed by this but yes people have cut me off and I'm like I hope the car blows up <laughs> oh you know Lord. but but then you take a moment and you're like okay hold on a second that's like, extreme it is it is extreme and that and escalated that, and quickly. so you move on from it and you're like all right so obviously something is messed up about the way that I'm seeing people I'm not really seeing them as people and I think that's what we're supposed to do because if you see people as people as broken individuals who are in a lot of ways that we can't see mm-hmm. being pushed into a lot of decisions by sinful people who did stuff to them, yeah. then it's much harder to hate anyone. Yeah, It's almost like you can't hate them if you see them that way. About 20 years ago, I had an epiphany. Yeah. And I don't know what happened because I wish I, in fact, I wish I could go back to like an event or some something that somebody said to me. It simply happened. I, I blame it on the grace of God. Mm-hmm. I was driving. Here the, we're, we're talking about all this road rage. And someone did pull out right in front of me, and then they were on their phone, and they were going super slow. So I, it was even slow for me. So you know they're basically barely moving. Right. And I was by myself in the car, and the, the traffic was on the other side, so I couldn't get around them. And immediately... I, I was like, yeah, I've done that before. It was the strangest feeling. 
I was not upset with them at all. I'm like, yeah, I've, I've accidentally cut out in front of people before and, yeah. and felt bad when they s- slammed on the brakes and laid into their horn. And I was like, you know, I'm waving and I'm like, I'm so sorry. And then from that, uh, from that time in my life, now things have, have happened so often where I've, I, I thought, yeah, I've done that. Yeah. I've done that. Or then it even moves into, I could see myself doing that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm around the the same age that you were 20 years ago now, so I can definitely feel the same thing happening to me. It's like my heart is chilling out a little bit. Yeah. Which, which is, is good. I needed is, it too cuz boy. Is a good thing. Tell you what, I was a firebrand for a long time there, and not in a good way. Not in a way that I'm proud of. Right. So I'm glad that I'm chilling out a little bit. So, who do you hate? Nobody. Not really. Me either. Me either. I mean, I'm I, I dislike still some people. I'm still working through. Sorry, everyone that we dislike. I'm still working through some things, <laughs> but I can yeah. say, I don't know how, how much I can say this with my heart, mm-hmm. but I really can say with my mind, I want everyone in heaven. Yeah. Everyone that I encounter, no matter what they've done, you know, like your eighth grader can, can pull out the list what about Osama bin Laden? What about Hitler? What about Stalin? What about Doesn't whatever? Matter. I want everyone in heaven. Yeah. Yeah. I'm right there with you. That's so cool. I don't hate anybody. If you are dealing with hate in your heart, by the way, we understand. Yeah. It's I not mean, like we're condemning you. I no. mean, we've been there. No, but and I I think I would I would say it'd be a good thing to pray for God to kind of melt your heart <laughs> be careful when you pray that prayer too because he will yeah because it's it's important you can't take hate to heaven nope so either you have to work it out here or work it out later and i think it'd be better to work out here let's hope so yeah yeah if you're enjoying this podcast please subscribe like share do all the things on the comment, social medias and possibly become a patron. Link's down in the description. That would be super cool. Yeah. Thanks so much for listening to Potter Familias. We appreciate y'all.